from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday edition of the show. It is Takes on Takes live from Indianapolis, where Kyle and I are covering the NFL Scouting Combine, but we would not miss the opportunity to deliver Takes on Takes. Kyle, welcome. Joe, this isn't live. We're, we're live in Indy, but you, you gave the impression that this was a live podcast. Well, it was a this tease, a live podcast. It was oh. a tease. All right. Well, well, now I feel foolish. We should probably just move on then. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> I guess we should just jump right in. I'm giving you this first one. You ready for it? No, hold on. I'm taking your picture right now. That's weird. <laughs> so can we explain the setup for people who are listening at home so they get yeah. a little context here? Go, go ahead. All right. So we are at the convention center. And we each have individual microphones. We don't have the big processing thing that you plug the external mics in and, and run it through and record it all the same. So we're sitting, how far, how many yards do you think this is? Probably 30, 30, maybe a 40 yard. No, it's definitely not a 40 yard dash 30, away. 30. It's less. It's like, yeah, 25, 30 yards away from each other right now in this big open room, sitting here looking at each other from afar. So our microphones don't pick each other up. Now, we're recording the podcast just like we would if we were 800 miles away in Charlotte and Philadelphia. Nothing will stop the draft dudes for it takes on takes Tuesday. All right. You're no, ready for- let's go. Yeah, let's okay. go. So these these came a combination of takes from both Twitter and the TDN premium slack. Actually, most of these from the premium slack. So sure. Yeah. You got to make sure you're in there so that you can get your takes on the show. Wow. Right. Big facts. Our first one from Michael. Michael says Cole Komet, who's the Notre Dame tight end, will be better than every first-round tight end taken since O.J. Howard. I'm out. I'm all the way out. <laughs> I don't. Komet's a good player, and I see the appeal, but I don't see the first-round. Like he's been in first-round mock drafts for like not just. Like draft Twitter people, like there's been some big media people that have put Komet in the first round, and I don't see it. I don't know if you see it, Joe, but I don't. And uh, I'm gonna sell, especially because if we're gonna pick a first round tight end to to set as the bar, I'm not sure OJ Howard would be the guy that we pick because he's been underwhelming for yeah. two of his three seasons in Tampa Bay. I think it comes down to it's a pretty weak tight end class, and try to maybe have a team reach to make sure they get the best one towards the back right. half of the first round. But uh, that that's just too aggressive for me, especially for a player that's pretty raw in commit. But I think he has nice receiving upside, but there's a lot for him to prove. And I don't see him as a player that'll be valued in the first round. Okay. So take from Jack. This is a tattle take. Every Bucks fan who thinks Matt Stafford and Jameis Winston are the same quarterback to all of you, if you think Stafford would throw 30 interceptions in the Aryan offense, please dislodge your head from your bleep and recognize that not every quarterback with a big arm is also incapable of reading a defense. <laughs> it's 
only our big armed quarterback that's incapable of reading a defense. So Jack is a Bucks fan tattling on other Bucks fans. Yeah, and I think a lot of this came to light yesterday with my mock draft where I had the Buccaneers trading for Matt Stafford, and it became this big reaction from Bucks fans that they wanted. It. Yeah, they wanted to tell me that James, that Matt Stafford wouldn't be an upgrade to Jameis Winston, which is something I disagree with pretty pretty hardly. And the something I kind of learned through working through those conversations yesterday is that there are a lot of Florida State fans that are also Tampa Bay fans, and they're Jameis fans, and um. That's fine. You like him as a player, but that doesn't mean you have to be blind to the fact that he's not going to be a desired starting quarterback next year and that Matthew Stafford's a superior football player. So I'm with Jack. Uh, I think it's a, a bad take to think that Stafford would not be an upgrade over Jameis Winston. And yeah, to label all big, strong art quarterbacks as incapable of reading a defense is not fair. And I think it's ridiculous to think that Stafford would throw 30 interceptions with Aaron's. That's that's the Jameis special. It's also ridiculous to think that this LASIK surgery is going to be the turning point in Jameis's career. If it was that simple, the dude needed to have the surgery years ago. Kyle says, not you, this is a different Kyle. He says, take. Henry Ruggs will not run the fastest 40. It will be Antonio Gibson. No, come on here. How heavy is Antonio Gibson? <laughs> He's... Like 215, 220? Yeah. I think he was two. He was two over two twenty at the Senior Bowl. I think he's fast, but he's not Henry Ruggs fast. Come on, this is nuts. I'm out all, all the way, way out. out. <laughs> I'm all, that's, we got, got to formally detract from all the takes. I'm all the way out on with the the quote, which has become a a, a popular one for people in the premium slack to point out, which is I have three speeds. I'm in. I can see where you're going, or I'm all the way out. And I am all the way out on rugs being slower than Antonio Gibson. Uh, take from Zach Rogers. Only linebacker taking in the first round is Simmons, Isaiah Simmons. Sorry, Patrick Queen, uh, Kenneth Murray, and Zach Bowen. So I don't know if Zach's trying to be predictive and that Simmons is the only one going in the first round or the only one that he is taking in the first round would be Simmons. Um, and either, either way, can, I think it's yeah. incorrect. Yeah, I think it's incorrect. I, I think. Um, I think Queen for sure is going to go in the first round. I think there's a good chance of Murray and there's an outside chance of Vaughn. And I would personally be comfortable with taking Simmons or Queen and then Murray if I was a team at the back of the first round like Green Bay, who I felt like I, I needed to get that type of player. You know, I could see myself doing it. So uh, Baltimore as well. Oh, yeah. They've got a ton of guys on their front seven that have expiring contracts and they don't have a lot of cap space. Right. So. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not seeing this one, Zach. And he's a Packers fan, so that's really interesting. So he must really not want them to go with the linebacker in the first round. Okay, this next one is from X. Oh gosh, FXL three. Yeah, he uh, did good. Yeah, the Browns will move up in the first round to 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 take uh, tackle Jedrick Wills, not trade down. Is anybody talking about the Browns trading down? Like seriously? Well, I did it in my mock draft on Monday, so there's that. Joey. But the, they're not moving F up. But no. FXL3 is right in that Cleveland would be, maybe not because of the regime change there, right? They'd be more inclined to move back, in my opinion. I think that's probably correct, but I don't think they'll. Mm. To get Jedrick, where do you have to go? Three? 
uh, to be Four, sure of it. Five. I mean, if that, like if five's five's like the best case scenario for Cleveland, like that's the the least amount of distance you'd have to move up to ensure you're going to get Jedrick Wills. Right. No, I'm out. I'm all the way out. I just talked myself into it. I'm on your side. I'm waving at you. You're not waving back. Because hey. I'm looking out the window and you're looking at me and it's weird. <laughs> I'm looking at this beautiful church. Uh, take from Anthony Marino. No yeah. relation. No. Brandon Bean is going to stack wide receivers this offseason, similar to what he did with the offensive line in 2019. Well, similar to what he did with the offensive line, that would mean eight, eight unrestricted free agents and a second round pick on offensive line. Oh my! Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're doing that. And and you look at this Bills receiver core, you have to at least think John Brown, Cole Beasley, Andre Roberts are part of the mix. Uh, and then so you probably have three spots, and you know, in house guys, Duke Williams, uh, Robert Foster, uh, Isaiah McKenzie. But yeah, I can see several bodies being added to the mix here, uh, whether that's some you know, interesting free agents or a couple of different draft picks that, you know, the bills have nine picks six on day three, and this is a deep wide receiver class. Now I think we can all kind of look at Brandon beans resume and, and, and understand that he's a trade up guy, but uh, I could definitely see him doubling down in the draft and adding a couple of free agents. And, you know, all of a sudden you you've got four new guys to the mix and three of them make the roster. So yeah, I think he'll be aggressive there. I don't know if it's going to be quite to the level of the offensive line play because that bills offensive line had only like one legit player in Deion Dawkins, where there's at least three that I think are, are definitely going to be rostered uh, from 2019 into 2020. Uh, Grayson, this is interesting. Uh, and I, I, it's funny how often I think we have to go back to the Josh Rosen stuff because there's a lot of diff- just different ideas of what can happen with him. So Grayson says, Josh Rosen will start more than eight games for a team besides the Dolphins next year. No. What's his trade value? His trade value is zero right now. And Miami's not going to trade him just to be rid of him. He's cheap, young quarterback that had clearly at one point at least had potential because he was drafted in the top ten. There's no motivation for Miami to move for a guy that how far down the pecking order is he right now as far as options available for quarterbacks? He ain't in the top 10 most like attractive available quarterbacks. And for Miami to move him, they're going to have to get something close to reasonable for uh, return on investment. They traded it too. So you're talking about a top 100 pick and nobody's going to give you a top 100 pick for Josh Rosen right now. Right. Uh, take from Salvatore. All this talk about the Bucks going for a veteran quarterback in free agency, but we as football fans deserve to see a Bruce Arians, Jacob Eason combo next year. Why is that so appealing? I, I mean, I guess it's the big strong art quarterback in Bruce Arians vertical passing game. And so that's appealing to people, but I think Eason just needs so much work. Joe and, Marino, renowned Jacob Eason hater. Well, I look forward. I'm actually interviewing him. Uh, <laughs> In about uh, 30 minutes. So uh, that's going to be interesting. I, I just feel like he's he's so limited as a passer. And I know that feels weird as a guy who has his type of arm strength. But, I mean, in terms of processing, I keep going back to this. I watched his tape at Washington very intently. It's half-field reads. It's high-low reads. It's very simple. He's a slow processor. He doesn't hate – I mean, his, his ability to handle pressure is so bad. And – I just feel like there's so much work that he needs. He has a very small amount of passing attempts entering the, entering the NFL. So I don't think Eason 
is anywhere near ready to touch a football field next year, especially, which is the foundation of this take from Salvatore. So I could see Arians liking him. I just don't have like a whole lot of excitement about Eason as a prospect in the NFL and what his upside is as a starter. This is interesting from Bull Bittler here, and I and I think this is about casting some shade on AJ Epinesa. And uh, Bull says, I would rather draft Javon Kinlaw and play him at age edge than draft AJ Epinesa. Why? Epinesa's probably better get off. He anchors better in two gap scenarios than Kinlaw does. Kinlaw's a little bit more of a linear burst up the field kind of guy penetration. I don't think he's got the lateral mobility that not to say that Epinesa has a ton of it, but he's better than Kinlaw, who I think is much more of a gap shooter as compared to somebody who could set the edge and, and play inside out and, and try and collapse the point of attack. So I'm not seeing this one as far as what the appeal is of Kinlaw playing defensive. Can I think he could play the B gap? Absolutely. Do I think he could play penetration like a one gap five tech? Sure. But to play him on the edge and be outside man in the line of scrimmage, I just don't think he's got that that level of mobility. And I know Epinesa doesn't have a ton of it, but I think he has workable skills to do it more effectively. Uh, Michael Christopher. After the combine, most people will start mocking Worfs to the Giants because Gettleman will fall in love after the combine. That being said, Andrew Thomas will still go ahead of Becton. So order off the board of offensive tackles would be Worfs, Wills, Thomas, Becton. I have a hard time with this. I mean, we... I feel like we already know so much about these offensive tackles, and I feel like the least important part of their evaluation is going to be the combine. So I don't know how much the combine is going to move the needle when it comes to these offensive tackles. Well, apparently Wirfs is supposed to blow up the yeah. testing. We knew that when we watched or, or we read Bruce Fed, Feldman's combine or freaks list this year, and you, you see you know the videos on Twitter, what he can do in the weight room. You watch his tape, you can see this guy move. I mean, he's going to be unbelievable. That doesn't mean he's – the best tackle here, the the one that's going to go off the board first. And there's people that think he's a guard and I don't agree with that, but I think that plays into his valuation a bit. So um, I think I could see Gettleman loving, you know, the long arms of Andrew Thomas and the experience and time at left tackle. But I don't know. I, I kind of feel like he's going to like Wills. I mean, just from the tape perspective, you know, myself, you, other you know, draft guys, people I really respect are all in this in this category of people that think that this is like some of the best offensive line tape we've seen. I think that's got to resonate with the NFL. He played at Alabama. I, I think Wills is going to be the first one off the board. I really do. Can I jump in real quick? Of course. We're, we're big draft guys, so this is, this is a relevant thing to bring up. Did you see Becton's measurements? Did they come out yet? Yes, they came they out four minutes ju- ago. They came oh, out four minutes ago. Well, I'm focused on this podcast, not Twitter. So, well, I could do both. I'm a I, multitasker. Right. Listen, Becton came in at six, seven, and three eighths. Yeah. Okay. Three sixty four. Oh God. Yeah. Thirty five and five eighth inch arms. Yeah. And that's it. That's it. Eighty three inch wingspan. Yeah, that's massive. Nobody cares do about we, hand we get size number... for offensive tackles. 
It's interesting to me, though. What Did we get Thomas yet? Because I thought he was going to ch- check in plus 35-inch arms. Uh, I don't know. I'm trying to focus on this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Hear you. <laughs> no, he did not. So you got to give me Von Tell's take here. All right. Von Tell says, regardless of what teams they get drafted to, Lucas Nang will be a player in the league will be a player in the league. Then at least two. What? I, I think we're missing part of the take here. Probably I, I, then at least two of the guys drafted in front of him. Yeah, I think I, I think that was a copy paste there from uh, the producer. Wow. Fired. I hate to see it. So is that what we're going with for the take? Uh, Nang, Nang will be better than at least two of the tackles drafted in front of him. Uh, here's I have it now. Regardless of what teams they get drafted to, Lucas Nang will be a better player in the league than at least two of the top dogs, Werfs, Wills, Thomas, Becton. So then the four guys drafted in front of him. Um, yeah. No, but it's because I think these guys will be really good. Yeah. Uh, so I don't think that's an indictment of Lucas Nang. I think this is a really great offensive tackle class. So I'll pass on that one for now. Uh, Cameron Spencer, if grinding the tape still did his free money bet of the week, the two props under consideration for the combine would be Henry Ruggs under 438, which has been removed because it's such a blatantly easy bet to make. Yeah. And Jonathan Taylor under 451 in the 40. So which one would Kyle go with? As the free money bet of the week. Well, those would definitely be in consideration. Um, I think that Kyle, man, they're so poor. They're both so obvious to me i would put my mortgage on the rugs 438 what would you put on the taylor just like a savings account uh, four figures but not the mortgage okay yeah i think That's both it. of those will happen yeah listen this is it for us today quick show today we got a lot on our plate here joe's got to go interview jacob Eason here in 30 minutes Actually, it's less than that now. So Joe's on the clock, which means we're off the clock, which means you guys are on the clock to come back tomorrow and make sure you catch tomorrow's episode. We're going to break down some of the happenings and interviews and uh, comments from today's combine. There's there's not just players today. There's also general managers and coaches speaking with the media today. So there's going to be a lot of information and a big spike in quotes and people are going to galaxy brain the shit out of everything. And that's fine. We're here to break it all down. We'll tell you what's nonsense, what's sense. So hit subscribe, come back, see us again tomorrow. Kyle Krabs with Joe Marino. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Draft Dudes Podcast. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.